Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast Series, and my name is Carl Vradenberg. This is the series that l- helps you to learn new habits, to optimize your life, and stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 11, and the topic for today is interpersonal communication. This is another one of those areas I talked last time about the effect of public speaking and mentioned that it was a really important topic. It's a really important topic from the point of view of um, the anxiety that people feel, with, or many people feel, for um, engaging in public speaking, having to say things in front of large crowds. Um, but interpersonal communication sort of makes up all the rest of your communication. In fact, is the ways in which we actually interact with um, the world most generally. And so a uh, rather important uh, skill and set of ab- habits to have, and often ones that have been overlooked. So let me start off, as we usually do, with some insightful quotes. We'll start off with a quote from Confucius, who says, Tell me, and I'll forget. Show me, and I'll remember. Involve me, and I'll understand. George Bernard Shaw said, The greatest problem in communication is the illusion that it has been accomplished. A Turkish proverb said, If speaking is silver, then listening is gold. Henry Ford said, If there is any great secret of success in life, It lies in the ability to put yourself in the other person's place and to see things from his point of view, as well as your own. I think excellent uh, ideas there from some very uh, smart people. So the topic, as I said off the top, is a rather important one because we deal as human beings with other human beings and it makes up for a large part of our life and the uh, effectiveness with which we communicate interpersonally that's uh, basically one-on-one often leads to uh, success or the lack thereof in business settings it's also often the case in um, home settings as well uh, because the ways in which we get a lot of things accomplished are the ways in which we resolve conflicts and uh, essentially deal with life uh, in general is by speaking and speaking to and with other people. So the focus here is on -on one-on-one communication whether for work or personal situations then. Also whether it's face-to-face or on the phone, and instant messages, or even an email. Essentially, any time you have something that you'd like to deal with impersonally. And uh, some of this uh, advice that I'm going to be giving with regard to good habits of interpersonal communication is even relevant to any kind of social or interaction uh, that you might have uh, at any time. But most of it, uh, the way I've focused this, is essentially, again, 10 ideas for developing good habits uh, for effective interpersonal communication is mostly have to deal with situation, for example, where you have a uh, a meeting you're going to be have, having, whether again uh, in a um, 
in a work setting um, with a colleague uh, or even a, uh, a get-together that you're going to have to accomplish something in particular in a, um, a personal situation. It might be, you know, deal dealing with a um, a friend that has a, a particular conflict, some problem, but also be in dealing with, you know, a teacher of your um, your kids, you know, that kind of thing as well. So uh, go through here um, 10 items that I think are, again, the uh, ideas that have come from my own experience as well as from my readings and from the experiences of others as well. So let's start down the list. Number one is express gratitude. And gratitude is, is something that is amazingly um, underutilized, I think. You can you have to watch a little bit if you're uh, overusing it as well. But I think in general, most people don't express gratitude enough for any number of situations, right? And it's incredibly inexpensive. I mean, it's just you having to express, say, thanks or appreciation for something someone's done. I find that it's a wonderful way of also starting off a conversation. If, for example, you're starting off a meeting that uh, somebody has agreed to have with you, um, to start off and say thank you for uh, agreeing to meet with me. It's a common courtesy, but often overlooked, but it can start things off on the right foot. And also, in even in cases where you have, you know, let's say a parent-teacher uh, meeting, again, there too, uh, thanks for everything you do in your job in uh, being my, my son or daughter's teacher, and I want to thank you for arranging this uh, meeting. Even if it's a standard, you know, uh, scheduled meeting, it's still also, I think, appropriate to express gratitude. And, and in general, as I said uh, a minute ago, expressing gratitude in general is something that you should be thinking of doing more, uh, because most people don't do it enough. Number two is uh, just engage in some small talk, some uh, general uh, getting to know each other or settling into the conversation. Again, this is usually in the case where it's somebody that you may not uh, know all that well, but you uh, you know a few things about them, uh, and you can generally also make things uh, more comfortable in starting off with some general uh, discussion that uh, doesn't have anything to do with what you want to actually um, talk about in particular, uh, but you just simply want to um, get the conversation going with a um, a good sort of feeling in the air. So everything from you know the very standard you know conversations about. Um, you know, the weather or any sports events and all that. You have to also make sure, though, that uh, when you pick up one of these, and this will be a theme that I'll talk about in a minute some more, pick something that you really think um, will be a topic that the person that you're speaking with will also really uh, appreciate as well. You know, it's nothing worse than if uh, if you really, if you either know or, or you suspect that somebody may not, for example, be into the sport that you just watched a game uh, of last night that you're full of yourself, but they're not really into sports, and to go on and on and on about, you know, wasn't it great that, you know, such and such team uh, won last night, um, that'll have the opposite effect, actually, of starting the conversation uh, on the right foot. In fact, you'll start off on uh, somewhat uh, a disjoint uh, point. So choose something that um, is appropriate with regard to the situation at hand if it's a colleague or if it's a, an employee of yours, 
try to think of something that is in their uh, personal life uh, that may be appropriate, you know. Uh, so how is, if you know the, their uh, their children, you know, how their children going or uh, that kind of thing. So a- anything to make a personal connection because uh, in all of these dealings you fundamentally are talking person to person, right? And uh, we all as people are uh, more than the um, particular topic that you're going to be talking about in this uh, in this get-together. And so it's impor- important to connect on a personal level, you know, before you can get into uh, the topics that you want to deal with. Also, uh, number three is uh, say something positive. And uh, if, for example, you're going to be talking about something that has some uh, conflict in it, that you want to resolve something, let's say it's with a teacher, if it's even uh, with a friend of yours that you're wanting to resolve a problem more at work, even though you know you're going to be getting into topics that are um, that you really have a problem with this other person about, uh, you want to start off with something positive, almost anything positive, as long as it's still authentic, right? Um, I, I find that it uh, uh, that a lot of people will, when they're in that kind of a charged environment, uh, go immediately and say, you know, what really bugs me, and what I want to want to talk about here is is this and this and this problem. Before you get into the problem, start off with something positive. Start off with, you know, the, something that will make them honestly feel uh, good about some aspect of what you recognize, you know, that they do um, or have done before you get into anything that is uh, more negative. Uh, now, th- that's only, you know, that that's relevant to both of you if you're in a situation where you're dealing with something negative, um, uh, that you're, that that's some conflict that you're going to be working through. Um, but it's also relevant just in general. Start off with something uh, uh, positive to start the, the, the meeting or the uh, get-together. Number four is be really clear about your objectives. You know, e- even if it's, you know, like, again, it's a, it's a session like, um, uh, again, a parent-teacher one or, or one that, that's a uh, situation at work where you're meeting with, uh, with somebody. Um, and again, these things are relevant to more generally, but I just want to keep on coming back to those. Uh, it's kind of a, uh, a home-type situation as well as a work-related uh, one. And in, in each case, there's something that you want to accomplish. There's some objective that you have. And it's often good to be clear about that, even at the beginning of the session. You know, why are you getting together? Uh, what is it that you'd like to uh, to work at, work out or, or uh, talk about? Um, and, uh, and then try to, all the way through the session, um, go toward a, a win-win in the approach that you take to this. And I'll have a few here. The next few items are all related to making sure that you can actually make this a, a, a win-win in uh, a really meeting your objectives as well as uh, meeting the person's objectives who you're with. Number five is choose your tone. And this, again, is, uh, we're talking here about interpersonal communication, something that many people don't think a lot about. They think about, you know, um, what they're going to wear that day. They're thinking about, you know, when they go to something formal, they're going to wear different clothes. Or, um, and when they're going to something informal, you know, wear, wear something differently, etc. Um, but we often don't think about our use of language, our use of our voice, 
uh, and other aspects of interpersonal communication is something that you have a choice in, that you have some options in terms of the ways in which you uh, approach them. Um, you can, if you really just wanted to, let's say, resolve a situation that was really um, of our argumentative before, and your objective for the meeting is just to, to let's say, reestablish a, a good uh, interpersonal uh, relationship, uh, you might choose to just have a calm tone all the way through that your objective really is just one of connecting and finding out what's uh, what they've been working on or uh, what kinds of things are on their mind um, so that you don't have a, 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 a real uh, item that you need to resolve. If, for example, you do have an item that you really want to resolve or you really want to um, make sure that you get your the objective that you have um, on the table and get some real movement on it, uh, you may well want to take a much more assertive uh, stance. So you choose to um, be really clear and fairly emphatic about what you believe and what you would like to uh, address. I want to be really clear too um, that you understand that there's a difference be between being assertive versus being aggressive. Right? Aggressive is when you're really being inappropriately sort of assertive, where you're really going over the top and you're burning bridges, basically. You're making, you're, you're being um, argumentative, you're being um, uh, too strongly um, uh, emotional, and that what you uh, really want to do in terms of assertiveness is be really clear what it is that you want and that you're emphatic about your the articulation of what you consider to be the fundamental issues, um, but then you also are going to effectively be um, understanding and work with the other person in trying to come up with a resolution you know, of it as well. So that's the topic of choosing your tone. There's a variety of other tones that you could use as well, but think about the effect of the tone of voice that you're using and whether that's appropriate for the situation that you're in and the interpersonal communication that you're engaged in or about to be engaged in. Number six is active listening. This is probably one of the most important items here uh, and that is that you want to, as several of the quotes that I mentioned off the top of the session as well talked about, you fundamentally want to take or at least understand the other person's perspective. One of the most common communication errors that people make in almost every uh, set of communications is seeing everything from their own point of view only. Think about it. Think about next time you have a conversation, think about how much you are planning for the next thing you're going to be saying as opposed to really thinking hard about what the person who's speaking to you right now is actually saying. An incredibly important distinction. And if you do one thing and only one thing, it's it, it, it to really improve your communication with others, it is uh, to engage in active listening. And one of the that's, uh, techniques that's really effective for uh, doing active listening is to uh, not hugely, not, not to do it too much, but to, to, on a regular basis, repeat back what you understood the person to say before you say your next item. Uh, so before you react, uh, reflect on and in your own words, repeat back to the person what you understood they just said. That'll do several things. One is 
it will make the person you're speaking with feel a whole lot better because they're getting validation for what they just said. Right? It also ensures that you actually understood what it is that they're saying, and it gives the person the option of saying, well, actually, that's not really what I meant, which is really important to figure out, because if you did, in fact, misunderstand what, the, what it is that they were saying, uh, it's better to figure that out before you actually go ahead and launch in with what you were going to say next, because uh, you're going to spiral down some miscommunication if you do that. The other benefit that it provides is uh, really gives you some time to think uh, about what it is that they just said, before you actually say back to them what uh, the next point that you wanted to make, right? So the notion of, of playing back to the person you're speaking with what you understood them to say is a really effective technique or habit to get into uh, when you want to be an active listener. Other ways of being an active listener includes uh, really engaging in good eye contact. Uh, there's nothing nothing worse than somebody talking and then you're you know heads down or you're doing something else or or fidgeting. If you really you know maintain really effective eye contact with the person, uh, you're going to validate them. Uh, they're going to feel better about the fact that uh, they, that you're paying attention, uh, and also it's going to increase the likelihood that you will stay focused and not be distracted which has got to be the worst thing in interpersonal communication if you really either appear to be distracted, which will be really annoying to the other person, um, and then, you know, to top it off, add to that, actually being distracted so you're really not listening to what they're saying is a real recipe for disaster. So the whole notion of really getting into the head of the person that you're speaking with and really deeply understanding it, what it is that they're saying is really, really, really important. And it's it's also particularly important uh, to really get that uh, um, nailed in almost every kind of communication that you engage in. Um, there are lots and lots and lots of interpersonal problems, um, problems between people that are due to lack of communication or ineffective communication. And an awful lot of it has to do with simply not having understood what the other pe person said uh, by not actively listening to what it is that they were saying. Number seven is nonverbal communication. This is again when you're in a situation where uh, you can pick up on uh, interpersonal or uh, nonverbal uh, communication in a one-to-one -one meeting if you're actually in person with the other person. Uh, you can pick up all kinds of, of uh, movement uh, and that is uh, you can look for the other person's uh, movement in nonverbal communication, their, uh, uh, their body language in, in essence, and pick up uh, when you're saying what you're saying what their reaction is to that. And you can also be more effective at uh, including in what you intend to convey by actually using your body as well, or being aware at least of how your uh, body may be communicating something differently from what your mouth is. Uh, so you want to make sure that you're, in, you're congruent you know, there as well. I had mentioned earlier 
that uh, there may well be situations where uh, the advice that I'm giving here is relevant to situations where you may not be face-to-face, -face, where you may actually be, you know, on a phone call, on a conference call, or you can um, uh, be in a, uh, even in a chat, and like an instant messaging chat, or even in email. And you want to, uh, if you're on the phone, for example, in this particular case, so you can't uh, do uh, provide any eye contact, you also can't um, pick up on some amount of the uh, nonverbal communication uh, that is coming across either from the other person or from you. There are still other instances uh, many people aren't aware of this, but that there are indications of nonverbal communication that um, can have an effect as well. Um, I've had situations, for example, uh, where, uh, uh, where particular uh, people on the phone will still do things like sighs, like, ah. And even though you're on a on a phone call, uh, there is uh, well, that's verbal, I guess. Uh, it's not uh, speaking as a speaking verbal, but it's still uh, a a form of communication that is really un unintended. I mean, a lot of people will will utter these kinds of things, um, and uh, other ones are are uh, even worse than that. Perhaps is is, is an actual yawn, or uh, any number of things like that, or or just impatience you know, of, of uh, interrupting um, a lot before the other person has spoken. All those aspects, even on a phone, uh, are, are incredibly important. Uh, instant messaging, that's appropriate, uh, that's relevant too as well, that there are instances again where um, if you don't get the cadence right of the other person saying something and they're really saying something really important to them, uh, if you just sort of butt in and start writing at the same time and change the subject, that again uh, is leading to um, less effective you know, communication. So keep, when, what I mean by nonverbal in this case is really the uh, the mechanics and the the everything outside of the words that you're actually conveying. There's lots of the communication that uh, comes across that's more than that. You need to be very aware of those aspects of your communication as well. And you'll actually find that I know there are certain instances that I'm aware of where the words that somebody has been communicating are perfectly fine. You know that yet there was a problem in the communication that I tried to. Uh, uh, discern, and it turned out that the real problem was all this other stuff, and that uh, uh, you know, interrupting, sighing, uh, things that that were um, deemed to be uh, really important to the other person, uh, but um, you know, the first person wasn't even aware that they were doing it, and so that again is one of these cases where you want to pay attention to. Uh, all of these other aspects of communication um, and realize there's more to it than just speaking uh, because there's a lot more information coming across. And of course, when you're in person, there's all kinds of, of uh, channels of communication in addition to the actual things you say that you are communicating and that the other person that you're communicating with is as well that you need to pay attention to. Number eight is empathy. And now this is a bit related to the conversation we just had about uh, active listening. But this is a case where you really want to understand their view. So this is not just the technique of active listening or 
um, repeating back to, uh, what a person has said. This one really says fundamentally try to understand this other person's point of view. Uh, there was a um, interesting exercise uh, when I was at university. There was one uh, prof that gave a hundred percent of the mark within this class. It was a kind of bizarre class in some respects. It was a, it was on communications, and this particular prof uh, gave uh, um, all the, the the entire mark was based on one assignment, one in-class assignment. And what we needed to do, uh, almost on the spur of the moment, was to have a debate with somebody else in the class. And you had to first write down all the topics that you were most passionate about, what things fundamentally were part of uh, the essence of what you are. And um, Everybody's being prepared for, you know, um, having a discussion with somebody else, a debate, uh, somebody else in the class on these topics. And then the prof came back and assigned who was going to be talking with one, uh, with, with, with whom, and what topics and what particular point of view on the topic the, the prof wanted us to debate. And 100% uh, of the mark was based on how effectively you could debate this particular topic. And as I'm leading up to it, you've probably guessed that what uh, the prof actually did was assign the opposite view to the one that you were most passionate about. Okay, And uh, all of a sudden, somebody had to really pay attention and uh, argue the case very effectively uh, for the opposite view for, of what your, um, your current view, your actual view, is all about. It was an amazing experience to go through and realizing that, you know, your mark was based on this. So you had to get really, really motivated. And what a lot of people found out was that they weren't all that um, aware of what the other point of view was <laughs> from these, uh, uh, from their, their dearly held views on a number of very important topics. And it really reinforced that point that a lot of the time we uh, discuss and we argue for certain things and we just keep on you know we have well-learned you know responses on certain topics and um, when we debate with somebody else about it we typically just try to get our view back in again uh, to that to that debate and this is for any number of topics right and what you find though is that um, a lot of the time you don't really understand deeply what somebody that has an opposite view to yours uh, really is uh, is all about, um, because we typically don't pay attention to it. So, actually engaging in some level of empathy, of really fundamentally trying to understand this other person's view deeply, is I think incredibly important. And there are a variety of ways for do, to, to do that. But one of the best ways is is fundamentally to keep on probing further into understanding what their view is, even if it's completely diametrically opposite to yours, right? In order to really understand what their view is, you often find that there's actually a mid-ground in there that um, you weren't aware of because you're starting off, you know, uh, on the poles, you know, on, on diametric opposites. And if you fundamentally understand more of where this person is, their view may not be as extreme anymore, and you might even find that you actually agree with some part of that, and you end up with a, a really good uh, uh, resolution. But what's, what's fundamental about this, though, is that uh, as the uh, 
as the quotes I said off the top uh, talked about, we often think that we engaged in some level of communication, some interpersonal communication, and that uh, communication happened, when a lot of the time it didn't. It just was two people talking, you know, and uh, uh, saying words at one another, uh, that we didn't actually get any real communication going, which is really fundamentally understanding what the other person's view is, and actually moving things, you know, forward. So this is this is an area I think that is incredibly important in this area of empathy, and it's particularly important if there's some conflict, if there's some real disagreement, and a lot of time there is, you know, whether it's a personal social situation or situation inside your family or in, at work, a lot of the time you're trying to deal with or resolve a conflict, and one of the best ways I know of to really do that. And the only way to really do it is for you to lead the way with trying to understand the other person's point of view. And you'll notice there's some reciprocity involved in this as well. While they may have their back up a little uh, as you're trying to probe you know, more of their view when they know that's not your view, right? Um, so they might be a little defensive to begin with, but if they really do realize that you are being real, you're being authentic, you're truly being um, sincere, at trying to understand their point of view, they may well, as often as the case, as is often the case, also uh, reciprocate and try to understand your point of view, you know, better as well. And when you have that happening, you've got really effective interpersonal communication happening, and you're actually using this tool of communication in the most powerful uh, way. So that's empathy number nine is ask for feedback periodically. Saying things like, does that make sense, what I just said? Don't find yourself in the situation that I see, again, many, many, many times, where somebody just uh, talks constantly, you know, and <coughs> you have a hard time getting, getting word in edgewise. And uh, as a result, uh, you as a speaker, if you're doing that, don't have any benefit of knowing whether you're, you know, really having an impact. Uh, you can follow the, if you are attending to the nonverbal communication uh, that the other person may be um, projecting or communicating. Uh, you might pick up on that they're getting kind of, you know, anxious. They're kind of getting frustrated that they're not able to get a word in edgewise, but they may not be communicating that very effectively either. So, if that's the case, where they're just sitting there and you're just talking on and on and on, there's no way that you know whether you're actually being effective. You also are not doing anything to foster some real engagement between the two of you, right? Uh, you're not you're not involving the other person in the in the communication, and um, one sure way of not having communication really happening, but just having two people talking at one another, is not to uh, engage. And so, what you really want to do here is, on a regular basis, and again, don't do it mechanically. Okay, the habit here is to learn how to do this and practice it so that it's natural. You want to now be able to um, just check in and use the different ways of saying it. You know, uh, every once in a while, you know, uh, does that make sense? You know, is that, uh, you know, do you, uh, uh, does that make, uh, do you have any, any thoughts on that? 
or do you want to, uh, uh, you know, pursue this particular topic further? Just any way to engage the other person into, you know, what it is that you're uh, talking about. And not just ask that and then continue on with what you're going to say, but actually to uh, take to heart what they did just say. And you might actually explore that some more too in that active listening sense and say, oh, interesting. Oh, so, so, that, so it didn't make sense. With, oh, well, let me repeat what I was going to say earlier and you say it in a different way, paraphrase it in a different way. Or if, in fact, um, they very much disagree with what you just said, you know, rather than barreling on, you might want to sort of explore what might be the disagreement at that point as well. So you don't find out, you know, from other people later after you had this session that um, you didn't really get to any level of communication. No, you just talked, out, talked at each other. Okay, number 10 is to, again, uh, for many of these types of uh, situations, uh, whether work or home, uh, is to summarize uh, the follow-up. You know, what do you agree to do? Uh, what commitment uh, have you come to, uh, and each of you come to? It's often a good way to solidify what it is that you just talked about at any resolution that you came to with an actual follow-up and, and uh, set of commitments. Uh, if it's a work situation, or if it's even if it's one, you know, with like uh, the parent-teacher situation before, you might actually want to um, summarize that in a written form as well to solidify it even further. I will do this, and you will do this, and that's great. You know, really, really glad that we uh, that we resolved it in that way. But let's uh, so we both agreed to do this, and just summarize it at the end so it's really clear that what you've actually decided on and uh, what that's going to lead to in the future as well, and then. As we started off with the at the beginning of the uh, session, the number one was expressing gratitude. You want to do the same again at the end. Essentially, say thank you very much for this meeting. It was very very effective. I look forward to etc etc. Right. So you want to bookend the whole thing with starting off with some gratitude, ending with some uh, gratitude uh, as well. So that's the topic of interpersonal communication. As I said, this is incredibly important. We may, I think, have just touched the surface of this topic uh, during this session, but I wanted to keep the length of these uh, somewhat uh, in control, so I want to uh, sort of finish off at this point. But as I always suggest you do, is to listen to and think about the 10 items that I've mentioned here, and for the next week, and actually make a real definite plan to do that. Choose one of these of the ten and practice them. Might be, let's say, active listening so that in all of the conversations that you have, whether it's with your uh, your, your partner or your, your spouse or with kids if you have them, or with friends or with work colleagues, when you have interpersonal discussions with them, as well as, in, and in particular, if you're going to have like meetings, because that's where you can really focus on these kinds of things often more effectively. Think through these as a uh, as the techniques that we talked about with regard to active listening. Seriously, really do reflect back, repeat back to the person what they said, and see what kind of an effect that has on the communication that you're having. Also, uh, what's important about all this stuff is that you've got to practice it. Some of this stuff is not a matter of just saying, here's the habit, here's the recommendation, just go do it. The act of communicating is an incredibly important one. Many, many, many aspects of, let's say, your job or in your uh, life in, in, in as a social being 
We take to heart that, um, let, and, and sports too, for example, we take to heart that somebody really needs to learn something. You got to learn particular skills, right? You need to learn uh, whether you're, you know, a professional uh, that needs to learn particular techniques. You know, I don't know whether it's dentistry that you've got to learn, you know, particular uh, techniques to do your act of dentistry, or if it's uh, uh, any other, you know, work situation, or at home you've got to learn particular things, or sports you got to learn uh, particular sport, uh, sports. There's lots of techniques to it, and you got to practice, 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 practice to get it right. We often overlook one of the most important skills that we have as human beings, and that is communication. And interpersonal communication, communicating with typically one other person, is incredibly important. And uh, you want to identify what it is that you need to learn as skills, and the 10 that I provided in this session are a good start. But then you also have to realize that you got to practice them, right? So the best way is to get started with them and uh, try it. Uh, but even if the first time you try it doesn't work as well as you want, try it a little differently. But really work on each of these aspects as well, and you'll find that you're uh, going to be optimizing your life with the development of these very important interpersonal communication skills. So that's the uh, end of this session. I always really appreciate and have been getting some uh, feedback from those of you who are listening to these uh, podcast uh, episodes. Uh, you can get in contact with me at lifehabits at gmail.com. You can also go to the show notes site for these uh, sessions at uh, lifehabits.podbean.com and provide a rating and a comment there. And you can also go to iTunes, and you can find this in the iTunes store, and then you can subscribe to it. You can also provide comments there as well. Whatever form of feedback you would like to choose, I would appreciate it. And we will then talk to you next time. Bye for now.